to be honest, I ummed and ahed quite a bit about whether to make this episode today because honestly, talking about my own weight gain feels quite exposing. Definitely not something that a personal trainer, a fitness expert, someone who makes their living from helping others to feel more confident should admit to. And I have spent years trying and failing to fit into that tiny box of what it's acceptable to look like as a fitness professional. Because if possible, it's even narrower than the ones that everyone else is told they have to fit into. Not only should I be slim and toned, but I should probably also have a six pack a mega type bum and be able to do pull-ups and squat my own body weight. And of course, a lovely tan wouldn't go amiss either. In fact, sometimes it feels like it's more important to be all of those things than to actually know your shiz. But then I realised that if I was all those things, it would firstly make me miserable because being all of those things is a job in and of itself and requires a huge amount of dedication and sacrifice for most people. And secondly, I probably wouldn't be half as relatable as I am. And I know that most of you are here because I am relatable, not because I'm a paragon of virtue, but because I'm a woman who has had the same body image struggles, the same negative thoughts about herself that you have, and because I'm just a normal person. But still, talking about weight gain is hard. We're afraid of it. It seems a negative thing, the sign of somebody who lacks control or care for their body. We need to stop being afraid though, because it's damaging us. It damages our health, our confidence, and our body image in untold ways. And that is exactly why I'm sharing my story with you today. Welcome to the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness podcast, bringing you a weekly dose of fitness and wellness inspiration as we explore together how to get motivated and create a realistic and achievable way to stay active within a busy life while stepping away from guilt and the diet roller coaster for good. Together, we'll unpack some of the myths and unhelpful messages from the traditional fitness and diet industry so that you can find a better, kinder, more helpful way to fit exercise and wellness strategies into your life improve your confidence and feel amazing. I'm your host, women's fitness and wellbeing coach, Alex Hubble, founder of ChickFit, mum of two, and a firm believer that exercise and eating well can go hand in hand with chocolate, wine, and lots of rest to create a happy life. You can find out more about me at chickfit.co.uk or head to my social media channels at alexchickfit. Hello, welcome back, peeps. I hope this week has been kind to you and you're finding some ways to be kind to yourself as well. Now, as I sit here, we are well and truly into spring, the sun's shining, there's a bit of warmth in the air, and life is feeling that little bit easier as a result. But of course, at this time of year, our attention also starts to turn to things like holidays, to wearing fewer and possibly smaller clothes, getting into swimming costumes, getting out of those winter layers. And that can feel really, really exposing. It is definitely a time when our body image demons can start to come out of the closet. You know, we might have hidden away under jumpers and jeans all winter, but, you know, we emerge at this time of the year feeling maybe a bit less than confident. So I thought this is a really good time to address this issue of weight gain because I just don't think we talk about it enough and we're honest enough about it. And I think this is massive. I think as a society, we've been conditioned to be so ridiculously fearful of gaining weight and not being in control. You know, what is it that we say when we've gained weight that we've let ourselves go? It does feel like literally one of the worst things that can possibly happen to us. And it can be really destructive to our confidence. So I decided to share my own story. Like I say, I did go back and forth on this one. It did feel like I was admitting to some horrible failure. And then I started to think back and reframe it a little bit. And I realized that it really wasn't that. And honestly, 
I don't feel anywhere near as badly about where I am now than I might have thought I would. So I'm going to start by taking you way, way back because I think um, sort of laying the laying the story out for this is going to be helpful in you kind of understanding where I've got to and why I've got to this place. So I'm going to start in my early 20s. I told you I was going to go way, way back. And I was finishing university. I was quite stressed. I have never found academic achievement easy. Like I've always done well, but I've done well off the back of working incredibly, incredibly, incredibly hard and sort of driving myself into the ground a little bit. And that's what I was doing. I was driving myself into the ground. I was, you know, asking so, so, so much of myself. And it was all stress and really non-ideal eating and, you know, probably drinking too much and all of those things. And it all added up to me going up to a size 16. So I was a lot bigger than I'd ever been before. And I didn't really feel like myself anymore. And I, you know, I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy with the way that I looked, but I kind of, it carried on because I, I was just in that place of stress. Anyway, so fast forward a little while, I'd started my first job in London and the old classic, I broke up with my boyfriend joined a gym, started eating better. And I also really importantly learned to lift weights actually as well. And over time, that weight did start to drop off. And it wasn't an overnight thing. Like at the time, I don't remember kind of doing anything drastic or going on a particular diet. I just remember starting to adjust the way that I was doing things and, you know, doing it bit by bit. And like I say, it took time. It did take time, but that weight did gradually drop off. And it stayed that way for quite a few years. And then for some reason in my late 20s, I decided that I needed to start dieting. And I didn't need to at the time, but I felt like it was something I should do. I felt like "Mm, maybe I need to be a little bit smaller than I actually am. But this time I kind of, you know, not like the last time where it had been slowly, but surely I actually like really started to put my mind to this thing. So I didn't go on a specific diet as such, but I started buying the old diet ready meals at the supermarket and, you know, did even more gym. I mean, the gym had always been a constant, but I, I did more and more and more. You know, I do the whole thing of being really good all week. And then, you know, come the weekend, I'd binge on the old Haribo. And so, so began my journey through dieting. And it didn't stop for many, many, many years. And, you know, I got married in my early 30s, a bit more weight loss for that, obviously. Um, And then a couple of pregnancies, each of which was followed by Weight Watchers Online to lose the baby weight. And, you know, over that, I really remember over that period, just spending so much time obsessing over food, feeling hungry a lot of the time, bargaining with myself about, well, if I eat this now, I can't have that thing later. If I don't have this thing now, I can then eat that thing later. And I just, I was just obsessed. It was the main thing I thought about. And if you've ever been on diet, you're going to know that when you're on a diet, ironically, all you ever think about is food. (laughs) All you ever think about is where the next meal's coming from and what it's going to be and whether you're allowed to have it and whether it's got the right number of points in it and so on and so on and so on. So I spent a lot, a lot, a lot of time. (laughs) I wasted a lot of time on that. And, you know, I don't often talk about how much I weigh. Actually, I don't know what I weigh anymore, but I know at the time, I was floating around the 10 stone mark. So I'm um, just under five foot eight, so fairly tall. And I was around about 10 stone just over. And I remember my massive obsession with being nine stone something. It didn't matter if it was nine stone 13, 
There just had to be a nine at the start of that number. And yet every day I'd wake up and I'd weigh myself in hope and I'd be 10 stone two or 10 stone four or 10 stone three. And I never, ever got down to it. And, and no matter how hard I tried, how hard I dieted, I never got any lower than that. And I just got frustrated rather than thinking, okay, well, this is because my body is saying like, come on, love, you've really you really are as low as you you can be and you need to be. I was just frustrated and it just felt like it didn't matter what I did. It never, ever changed. And so I stayed in that place again for quite a while, floating around that 10 stone mark, being hungry all the time, you know, denying myself, all of those things. And then it started to change. And I can't say, you know, I, I know some people who, you know, really talk about a switch flipped one day and they were just like, what the hell am I doing? That didn't happen for me. But I think I just very gradually, and this probably was in my late 30s, so a few years ago now, I just gradually started to realise that I didn't want to diet anymore. You know, I yo-yoed around for a bit and, you know, sometimes I was dieting and being good, sometimes not, sometimes happy, sometimes not. And as a result, I kind of stayed roughly in the same place, you know, in, in a range of about half a stone or something like that. I would kind of fluctuate up and down, but I, you know, it never changed too much because I would always sort of go back to the old restriction every time I felt like, oh, put a few pounds on, let's go back to restriction. And although that did kind of work to keep me in that place, it did take effort. It took quite a lot of thought. And like I say, it took restriction from time to time and a few rules about what I should and shouldn't eat and when I should and shouldn't eat them and all those kind of things. But I did just very gradually start to move further and further away from diet culture without even really realizing it, without recognizing that I was doing that. And then came my early 40s and I started to notice that I was getting bloated a lot. Um, and, you know, it would it'd be okay at the start of the day. And then by the evening, I looked like I was like five or six months pregnant. It was ridiculous every single day. And it really knocked my confidence. It, you know, apart from anything, it didn't feel very nice to be that bloated by the end of every day. And, you know, also I'd always carry my weight around my hips and my thighs. So my tummy was always like a source of pride. I was like, well, even if my thighs are a bit big, at least my tummy's flat. And of course now it wasn't, there was no flat tummy either. So it really, really knocked my confidence. And eventually I went to a nutritionist and I was diagnosed with something called SIBO, which is small intestine bacterial overgrowth. And it basically means that you've got uh, bacteria growing in places in your intestines where it shouldn't be and where you've got this overgrowth. And so food was kind of fermenting in places it shouldn't be and it was causing this bloating. And it, it's like literally a daily thing. It's not like necessarily an IBS where you might have a flare up and then it goes away for a while. This was every single day. And apart from the appearance part of it, it's not ideal because it can cause gut issues further down the road. It can cause issues with how you absorb vitamins and minerals and things like that. So I kind of knew that I had to sort it out. So like I say, I went to a nutritionist to get this thing sorted out and it, I had to treat it with a really strict elimination diet. So it was, if you've ever heard of the FODMAP diet, the low FODMAP diet, I did that, but there was also additional things as well. You know, stupid things like I was allowed asparagus, but I could only have one spear of asparagus. And, you know, I couldn't have things like beans. I couldn't have onions. I couldn't have garlic. I couldn't have, you know, there were various vegetables I couldn't have. I couldn't eat apples and pears and all sorts of things. Obviously, sugar was a no-no. Like it, I, 
had to cut so, so much out. But this is, you know, this is a classic part of the, you know, treatment protocol for SIBO, because what you have to do is you have to knock all of those bacteria on their heads by not feeding them. And then you can gradually start to build those foods back in um, and, you know, repair the gut as well, because your gut will have, will have been damaged potentially. So I did this strict elim- elimination diet. And of course, my, you know, a couple of weeks in, my bloating went away. My flat tummy was back. It felt amazing. And, you know, naturally over the course of several weeks, I did lose a fair bit of weight as well. And I, you know, like I say, I don't know how much because I st- I'd stopped weighing myself by that point. I mean, even before this, I decided I'm not going to weigh myself anymore. I hate it. It just makes me feel bad. It sets me up for a bad day when I don't get the number that I want on it. So I'd already got rid of that previously. And so I didn't use the scales. But, you know, of course, I could feel my clothes getting bigger. I could, you know, see the results in the mirror. So I know that I lost a fair bit of weight over that time. And then I came off the elimination diet. The weight crept back on naturally. And unfortunately, at the time, I didn't seem to get to the root cause of what was going on. So my bloating has come back and I am due to see somebody again who's more of a specialist in SIBO, who's going to hopefully get me to the root cause of that. And then sort of not long after that, actually, after sort of coming off that elimination diet, because you really can't stay on that sea for, for very long at all, in came lockdown. And, you know, what we all did in lockdown, we started rewarding and treating ourselves. Like I'd go to the supermarket and I was also the one that went to the supermarket because my husband had asthma. So I kind of wanted him to stay away from as much as possible. So I was always the one that went to the supermarket. And I mean, it was literally, and I don't know if any of you had this, but it was literally like supermarket sweep. <laughs> like you go and you're like, right, well, I can't be popping in and out of the supermarket all week because of the big queues and, you know, trying to avoid the COVID and all this kind of thing. So I'm here once. And I've got to get everything I need. And so it like it all went in. I mean, you know, some of those shops were gigantic <laughs> that I did at the time. And of course, you're like thinking, oh, well, we've got nothing to look forward to. So I only get a couple of big bags of crisps and I'll get in the chocolate and the sweets. And I'll like, and, you know, I used to get home and the kids would be like, oh, what's mummy bought today? Because I was suddenly buying all these things that I didn't always buy. Like it wasn't that I didn't ever buy them, but they weren't like a regular part of my, uh, my shopping trolley. But all of a sudden they became like this, like <gasps> this exciting part of the Wait, what she got this time? So there was all of that going on. I was moving a lot less, obviously. And it so that was also coincided with finally realizing that all of those years of dieting hadn't really served me. So I was also working on my own mindset around food and diets at the same time as well. So of course, what happened? The weight gain. Um, it started coming back on again, which is kind of inevitable after that elimination diet. I mean, if you do something extreme like that, you are going to get that bounce back. It's going to happen. But obviously, then all of this other stuff was kind of added on top of it as well. So, you know, I wouldn't say it was anything spectacular, but it's definitely crept up and up and up over the last couple of years. And, you know, I, again, I don't know what I weigh right now, but I know for sure that I am heavier than I have been for a long time right now. Jeans are still fitting just about, but they are snug. They are snug. I'm going to be honest. Um, they, you know, they go on, but only just. I'm like, I really couldn't put any more weight on without having to buy new jeans, which I will do. I will absolutely do. So that kind of brings us up to now. So it definitely has been like this journey of weight gain and not intentional weight gain over the last couple of years, but a lot of things have kind of come together. And I think, like I say, part of it is. I wanted to have a more relaxed mindset around food. I didn't want to diet again. I knew that much. And I wanted to be able to get myself into a place where I could be, I could eat what I wanted when I wanted. 
And I've sort of really worked on that. And it's almost like that uncomfortable thing of you've got to let yourself do that and know that sometimes, you know, you are going to overeat or you're going to eat when you're not hungry. And you've got to kind of allow yourself to do that in order to start coming to a place that sort of feels better. And I think I'm starting to get there now. I think I am starting to get there, but, you know, it's taken quite a while and the result has been some weight gain. And that's been the reality for me. And I think that it's one of the reasons that people do resist coming off diets because they 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 know they know that they probably will gain a bit of weight and they're not necessarily comfortable with that and so the idea of doing that can feel really hard but you know I've done it I've done it and it's it's okay and you know I'm not going to sit here and say I feel amazing I've got no body issues whatsoever I feel fabulous you know I still have these moments of like oh I shouldn't be this big oh, my thighs shouldn't be that chunky. And, you know, I looked in the mirror the other day, we're about to go on holiday soon. And I was like, oh God, oh God, I don't, I don't want to be around the pool with my thighs looking like that. And like, I really caught myself out in it. And I kind of said, look, the fact you have given up one thing to get another. So I've given up the body ideal. I've given up being nine stone 13 or whatever it is, because I know it will make me miserable. I know that I don't want to do that to myself anymore. I know that it's not realistic for me to stay at that point without a huge amount of sacrifice and a huge amount of denial and restriction and all of those kind of things, which are just, which are way, way less healthy than actually just having a calm and happy relationship with food. And, you know, I think about food so much less now than I ever used to. You know, I think about food and I'm hungry, but in between times, I just, I get on with my life. Um, and it, you know, it does feel so much better. So anyway, what has this taught me and what can, what can you maybe take from my story? Well, I think first of all, weight gain is not as awful as it may at first seem. You know, I have gained weight and yes, I do have my moments where I'm like, right, come on, you've got to get a bit of control here, love. You've got to sort yourself out. But actually, when I think about the positives of how I feel day to day, my relationship with food, I realise that it's worth it. I realise it was worth it for me. It's taught me that dieting almost always causes rebound. I mean, I know that, but I've seen it in myself. You know, I told you my story from the beginning to show you that my years of dieting and, and yo-yoing up and down have likely caused me to be where I am right now. You know, I've gained, <laughs> I've gained weight and, you know, maybe I wouldn't be where I am now if I had never engaged in all that dieting all those years ago. So it, it always causes rebound. There's always the weight that comes back on when you stop. So if you're doing something that doesn't feel sustainable forever, then you will gain the weight. It is going to happen. And I, I hate saying that, but it is true. And, you know, on the flip side, I've, I've learned that staying at my ideal weight requires a lot of sacrifice. I had to lose weight and to get down to something, you know, to, to sort of close-ish to where I had been before, took an elimination diet. It took me cutting out 70% of the food that I ate, 70% of the types of food that I ate, including some amazing healthy things for me to get down to what I might previously have deemed to be my ideal weight. So, you know, and it's not healthy, like, you know, health professionals are like, it's not healthy to stay on this forever. We do it, this protocol for a short time 
and then we reintroduce those foods because it's not healthy to be so restricted. So staying at my ideal weight required too much sacrifice. It required less than healthy decisions. It required a huge amount of dedication and it required me to be always thinking about food. I've also learned that I've got much more important things to do with my life (laughs) than to waste my energy thinking about food all day. I just do. Um, I've got other things that I need to focus on. And that is, you know, that has to be the biggest, the biggest thing, right? I've learned that gaining weight is okay. I think if you'd told me five years ago that I'd be where I am now, I would have panicked. I would have thought, oh my God, the worst is going to happen. As it turns out, I'm here and it's nowhere near as bad as I thought. It showed me that creating a more relaxed relationship with food and with my body has taken time and patience and that it's not always going to be perfect. Um, I'd love to sit here and say that I'm 100% fixed in how I see my body, but I don't, you know, I don't actually think that loving your body 100% is actually possible. You know, I think that we just have to be okay with ourselves. We just have to accept that what we have is good enough. You know, we have to kind of look at, well, am I looking after myself? You know, maybe if you're sitting there and you you never exercise and you eat a takeaway every night, then yeah, let's, you know, let's look at um, including some healthier practices in your life. But for the vast majority of us, we are doing good things for ourselves. We are looking after ourselves and yet still beating ourselves up for not looking the part as well. So I'm learning to be okay. I'm learning to be okay with where I am. And I've also learned that letting go of diets does not mean giving up on yourself. And I think that a lot of people think, well, if I let go of diets, I'm never going to lose the weight and I'm just giving up on myself and it's all going to be terrible. We can still work towards changing things. It's okay to still want to lose a bit of weight. It just means doing it in a way that allows you to have a more relaxed relationship with food, in a way that allows you to find your balance um, rather than forever being on that roller coaster. Now, you know, will I lose weight again in the future? I couldn't say. I mean, you know, maybe if I have to do another elimination diet to deal with this SIBO, I will. Or maybe I'll have periods in my life where I feel more focused on my nutrition or happen to be exercising more and I might lose a bit of weight. But what I will say is that I will never deliberately try to lose weight again because, you know, I know that the effort and the frustration and the hunger just aren't worth it. And I also know that deliberate weight loss often ends up with the very opposite of what we actually want to achieve. I know that if I went on a diet tomorrow, I'd lose weight to start with. But I also know that I wouldn't be able to stay on that diet forever. You know, it would that would just take too much sacrifice and too much time. And instead, I could just end up heavier than I am right now. <laughs> You'd lose the weight, feel good, and then put it all back on again. And I, I just, I'm just not prepared to do that, really. Um, so I think... To round it off, my journey to being happy with my body will continue. It'll continue to have its ups and downs. Um, I'll keep working on it every day. You know, I feel pretty relaxed about the way I look right now. Do I feel like amazingly confident and 100% this is exactly how I want to look? No, I don't. But I feel okay. And I feel pretty relaxed about the way I look right now. And I also think that if what I have learned about myself can help other women, even if it's just because you're listening to this and nodding along and totally relating and therefore feeling a little bit less alone, then I think my job is done. So I'd love to hear your feedback on this. Have you put weight on the last couple of years? Has it bothered you and made you want to go on a diet? Um, or are you still working towards having more peace with food and your body? Let me know. Let me know a little bit about your story because I know for sure that sharing this stuff can sometimes be the best thing that we can do for ourselves. 
Whew, right, there you have it. <laughs> Letting you into my inner world today and what's gone on with me in the last couple of years. Um, I hope it's been interesting. I hope it's been helpful. Um, and I'd love to hear your own stories, your own views on it, your own experiences um, with all of that stuff. Um, but for the time being, I'm going to say goodbye and I'll look forward to seeing you all again very, very soon. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness. Don't forget to come over and join me on my social media channels at Alex Chickfit for plenty more inspiration.